As a young girl, I didn't realize hip-hop or rap music was so controversial. I just knew I liked the rhythm, the beat, and the culture. I related to the people on the TV, and they looked like me. I never thought about the content not being appropriate. I just enjoyed the way they told the story. I'm Tasha Mack, and I'm inviting you to take the journey and explore the first two decades of rap, a hip-hop culture. Hip-hop was about expression, and it is now one of the most popular music genres to date. But how well do you know its history? Join me as we dive in and unearth the origins of what we now call rap or hip-hop music. There are a lot of myths as to how hip-hop began. More than a century before rappers saw into the American music scene, it is suggested that the birth of rap music was centuries ago, from the griot of West Africa. Griots were historians who told rhythmic stories of the past to their village over the beat of drums. And these singing poets paved the way for American rap. So when you listen to the Caribbean music like soca, reggae, or rake and scrape, you hear the resemblance in the sound. Rap is based of speaking or chatting to the beat. You can find the words rap as early as the 15th or 16th century in Britain. Initially, the word rap meant to strike or to hit. A few centuries later, a slight variation of the definition appeared, which meant to speak or talk. In America around the 1960s, it began to pop up in the black community and was used as a slang, which meant to have a conversation. To understand rap music, it is crucial to also understand what music is actually considered rap. Although widely considered a replacement word for rap music, the term hip-hop refers to an entire culture, which includes the DJing, MC or master of ceremonies, the graffiti art, and finally, break dancing. Some sources claim graffiti began in 1972 by a Greek-American teenager who tagged was Taki183. He tagged the walls throughout New York City's subway system. By 1975, it caught on, and adolescents in the Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn began to spray feed images. By 1975, it caught on, and adolescents in the Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn began to spray paint images on the side of subway cars, which eventually influenced art dealers to display graffiti art in major galleries. Meanwhile, breakdancers, pioneers, Richard Crazy Legs, Colin, and Keith Ken Swift Cobbert, both from the Rocksteady crew, originated in New York City during the late 1960s and the early 70s. Their dance moves were materialized as an art form developed by street gangs. The moves originally learned as a form of self-defense against other gangs, and then it had eventually evolved into a complex athletic move that categorized modern breakdancing. Breakdancing is a term created by the media. However, breakdancing was referred to as b-boying or b-girling. Graffiti and breakdancing were the first things that caught the eye of the public, but it didn't have a lasting effect. The original rap 
group included the MC, the beats, and the DJ. The DJ handled the beats and the MC performed the spoken language. Rap consisted of content, flow, and delivery. Content referred to what's being said and the flow is how its rhythms and the rhyme are delivered and how it was spoken. Rappers could only perform ad block parties to showcase their talent because most record companies thought rap music was a fad. It didn't reach mainstream recognition until 1979. The first rap song to get commercial release was King Tim III, a personality job by the Fatback Band. And the song became number 30 on the R&B chart. It wasn't until 1979 when the Sugar Hill Gang released their breakaway hit, Rapper's Delight. The record producer took notice of this emerging musical genre. In the 1980s, the actual style of scratching the record was by accident. After DJ Wizard, Theodore accidentally let the needle drop and the act of DJing was invented. Two years later, MC Melly Mel and Air Duke Boot, Fletcher, debuted a song. This song was more socially conscious and MC-driven. The song was called The Message. Up until 1984, rhymes and raps had been relatively simple. The progression of sound and technique as mastered by previous MC allowed for the birth of a new generation of rappers. In New York, where every new single seemed to shape the sound and the direction of rap as we know it, each rapper art became more innovative. Run DMC, the Beastie Boys, the first white group, Salt and Pepper, the first female rap bands, all hitting record-breaking numbers in the Billboard chart. Beat productions were sophisticated, raps were faster, and sampling technology grew, largely due to the record label's involvement, which allowed for more exposure and a bigger talent pool. Lyrics became a more vocal form of protest, focusing on the plight of the social injustice. Once the forefathers paved the way, the floodgates opened for rap artists everywhere. Around this time, the West Coast will emerge, and then the Dirty South. As rap became more popular in the 1980s, we saw the arrival of what are known as the West Coast rappers, like Too Short, N.W.A., and Ice-T. From poverty-stricken areas in Los Angeles, their lyrics echoed of their experiences. The most notorious content and rhymes, including pimping, liquor, and other aspects of urban life that was not typically on hit singles. One of NWA's most popular singles was F the Police. It was a response to police brutality. Would officially place NWA on the FBI's radar, labeling hip-hop and gangster rap in particular America's real public enemy number one. Rappers are poets, and the rap are poetry. Even though these rhymes often address provocative subjects such as sex, violence, and social political issues, the delivery of these issues are skillfully nuanced. 
With the overwhelming popularity of rap, it was inevitable it would spread geographically. The late 80s saw the emerge of the South. In 1986, Two Life Crew came on the scene and brought a level of sleaze and vulgarity to the new genre. With Luke Skywalker, born on the head of the group, brought songs like Me So Horny, which became a hit. This song was so vulgar, it got non-existent airplay. In 1990, Broward County Sheriff Nick Navarro obtained a copy of the album and secured a ruling from the county circuit court judge that there was probable cause that the album was legally obscene. Navarro warned record companies around the country that selling the album might subject them to prosecution. In June of the same year, District Court Judge Jose Gonzalez ruled that As Nasty As I Wanna Be album was legally obscene and therefore illegal to sell. Record retailer Charles Freeman was arrested two days later for selling the album to an undercover cop. And the three rapping members of Two Live Crew were arrested on obscenity charges for performing materials from the record in a local club. However, the matter was later overturned because the group First Amendment rights was violated. Rap music has many different genres. In the South, music was usually more rhythmic and bassline, and the raps were about partying and sexuality. Then there's the gangster rap, which emerged from the West Coast. Gangster rap focused on social issues and the experiences that folks on the West Coast encountered in their lives. However, the origin of hip-hop, the culture, and the rap music derived from New York. New York, where concrete jungles dreams were made of. Like Frank Sinatra's song says, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. So that means rap music is here to stay.